0: This is a presentation of Dawnforge Productions.
1: You are listening to All Things Azeroth, episode 661, for Azeroth. Today's sponsor is Audible. Get a free audiobook download at bit.ly slash atabooks2019. That's bit.ly slash atabooks2019. Over 200,000 titles to choose from for your iPod or MP3 player. We're also sponsored by Funko, maker of the world's broadest selection of vinyl figures from pops to dorbs, rides to mugs, and so much more. Check them out at bit.ly slash Funko ATA. Warning, this episode will have spoilers. You have been warned. Coming to you from the exotic land known as Canada, eh? You're listening to another episode of All Things Azra. Now we present your awesome hosts, the always stalwart and honorable Madros, the commander of the Fell and master of demons, Van Death, the non-vegan meat shield, my warrior brother, Toasty, and the high priestess of the Everlight, Ally. She ain't from Canada, but it'll work. It's the internet. Just go with it. They are bringing you your news from the World of Warcraft. This is
0: All Things Azeroth. Hi, this is Infernal Bill from TavernCast, and you're listening to All Things Azeroth with Medros, Toasty, and Allie, or as I like
1: to call it, The Alley Show, and two guys with funny names. Do you ever figure out who the first guy and the second guy was, Toasty? <laughs> I don't remember. Um, remember. I figured I, I was number one because so. I'm here on here longer, so that's just my favorite. Yeah,
2: that, that, that track.
1: All right. Hey, uh, hey everybody. Welcome to All Things Azeroth, your World of Warcraft podcast. I'm your host, Medros. And, of course, I have Toasty. How you doing, Toasty?
2: I'm doing pretty good. Doing, yeah, doing pretty good. It's, it's getting colder, so I, get, I have an excuse. So, let's be clear. I always wore hockey jerseys, but now I don't look like a yeah. crazy person wearing hockey jerseys all the time.
1: Yeah, I you looked a little weird wearing, wearing hockey jerseys in the summertime, I'll be honest.
2: Yeah, I mean, I still did it.
1: Of course. It wasn't going to stop. No. I mean, you have a collection. You may as well wear it.
2: Yup. Yeah. This is true.
1: But now it's getting colder. There's a valid reason. Yep, yeah. Or a mildly more valid reason, anyway. And we also have Allie, who's laughing and giggling in the background there. Hey, Allie.
3: You know, it's just, that's just how I roll. That's just how I think
1: it's currently expected, um, and we would have some very disappointed listeners if you did not giggle and laugh in the background
3: uh hopefully that's a good thing Uh, it is and i I can always i can stop
1: i can always tell when i'm editing the show when you are laughing um because it's a very notable spike in audio
3: (laughs) yeah i've edited myself i've edited myself so i know exactly what spike in audio and what's funny is that my cough and my laugh look very similar in the audio once in a while, and I have to be careful which one I'm editing.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's why I listen to them. to Make sure I'm editing the right one.
3: Yeah, yeah, it helps.
1: But I've only had to edit out one of your laughters, and that was because you laughed while somebody was swearing.
3: But maybe I was helping you bleep out the swearing.
1: <laughs> nah, you can still tell they was swearing.
0: <laughs> Fine, I won't
3: help.
1: What? Who did that?
3: What?
1: Is this Andrew guy? I really should stop having him on the show anymore, but you know.
3: Oh,
2: how you real name to me?
3: Wow. Oh,
2: I feel like I've disappointed my parents now.
1: <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't use your middle names, so it's fine. The uh, names, there's two of them. Okay. I, I, didn't, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, middle names drop, so you're good. Wow.
3: Oh. That happened.
1: Anyways, oh. h- how was your weekend, well while there, Josie?
2: <laughs> um, it was pretty good. Um, Didn't get to do as much as I would have liked to in terms of raiding. I only got to raid the one night because I had real-life commitments on Thursday that uh, got cancelled as I got to the place, so that oh, was great. Yeah. Um, but... Uh yeah, uh, so we, I, so I did raid Wednesday night, we got through the first three bosses um, we had a bit of a hard time on Radiance for some reason this week, for like, for one reason or another, I think it's just because we weren't being as clean in in staying in uh, the different zones around Radiance but pretty consistently for the first I wanna say four or five pulls um the, uh uh, the ads that spawn during that fight were spawning two sections away from us, as opposed to the normal one, which uh, which is a bit of a problem because there's those, little, those little orbs that you gotta walk through when, on your way to those ads, and those uh, and those orbs will spawn tornadoes. And anybody who's done the Radiance fights knows that those, those tornadoes are the bane of that fight. They're they're literally the worst thing.
3: This is true. This is true. I actually
2: really disliked that fight a lot. Um, and and yeah, so that was, that was a little bit frustrating. I also just happened to be getting the worst luck in terms of um, tornado stuff. Like for some, like, for for one reason or another, I wasn't seeing them right away, or, or I was also having like, hardware problems. My mouse was just not moving correctly. I I think I fixed that now, thankfully. So sometimes.
3: Did you
2: have dog hair in it? Uh no. I just restarted my computer and it worked. Oh, okay.
3: Sometimes like what was that happens
2: to me. Like what was happening was I'd be I'd be sc- moving my mouse horizontally, and like you know, so you're never going to move your mouse perfectly horizontally, so there's going to be some diagonal movement, right? Some vertical movement as well, and it wasn't registering the horizontal movement; it was only registering the vertical movement. So I'd be trying to like. Turn to the right or left, and my mouse would just be going up and down on the screen. If it moved at all.
1: When I've had that happen, yeah, it's usually been something in the sensor that in the sensor area that's been screwed up. Um, but I mean, if a restart fixed it, then great.
2: Yeah. The the, the 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 sucky part was like my usual fix. Uh, if I if I happen to miss the seeing the tornadoes and they get caught up in them and it throws me up in the air, I just heroic leap down to negate the damage from falling because you take fall damage off that. Um, because my mouse wasn't working properly, occasionally every once in a while I was hero- heroically leaping into another tornado which was dealing more damage and of course at that point uh, my heroic leaps aren't cooldown so I don't have that escape bomb option. Luckily I have the other escape option of charge, but that doesn't help if there's another tornado in front of you, and you happen to charge into the third tornado.
1: That sounds extremely unpleasant. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So
1: that sucked.
2: I, I, I there were more than a few deaths that I dealt with that were because of that.
3: Yeah, it's rough on that fight. Yeah, and like, yeah, it, it's like,
2: I, I will be the first to admit that I, I, I um, that I've gotten complacent when it comes to avoiding those tornadoes because I have so many escape options. Unfortunately, when those escape options options are very dependent on my mouse working correctly, when it doesn't, it, it kind of screws up a lot. So I was dying unnecessarily uh, a bit, like a. More than a few times during during that run through. Oh, so, yeah. I mean, we we eventually got it down, and it took a lot longer than we would have wanted it to. Usually, we one or two shot um, Radiance. So, I mean, it is what it is. But at the at like at, after we finished Radiance, we think we had about a half hour left in the raid, and at that point, we just decided um, to call it a night because it would have only been a half hour of attempting to progress on Ashvane and um, we yeah, already had
3: not
2: worth it yeah, and, we, and we already had people playing in their off roles because we had some people missing last week so I mean, nothing against them, they were doing fantastically, but at the same time you know, you want to go in there with the people in the roles that they're supposed to because that's where they're doing their best so I mean, it is what it is I, I, we still we still made a decent amount of progress. I picked up an upgrade from each of those bosses. Oh wow! Which was pretty good. I also got another BOE. So I've I've like since I started raiding, back way back in uh, Warlords, I've never gotten a BOE, and in this tier alone, I've gotten two in back to back weeks.
3: So what have you sacrificed to Oran Jesus to make this happen, my friend?
2: I don't know. <laughs> Here, here's the sucky part. I forgot that the wrists I picked up were BOE. Oh. So I equipped it. Yeah. And, and just out of habit, I clicked through the uh, dialogue box. It's like, yeah, 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 I've to do this. And, uh, but, but I didn't. Fortunately, like, I looked up the price of that BOE after the fact, and because it, it didn't Forge or Warforge or anything like that, it was a pretty standard set of wrists it was only selling for 30k so I mean like 30k is a lot, don't get me wrong but it's not like that other item that I that, that other BOE that I got a few weeks ago I, where I ended up selling it for 200k so, so 30k, like yeah, that sucks but at least it wasn't something like 200k You know, so that's fine.
1: Yeah. You agreed to tank, didn't you? That's how you did it.
2: I, I, did not. I, yeah. I, I still lack. I still lack that year.
3: That just saying.
2: It could be if I chose to <laughs> uh, explore that option. I, I will not. And then. um... Yeah, so yeah, Thursday I didn't play because real-life commitments got like, cancelled when I got there, which really sucked. And it, was, it would have been weird sitting at the bar by myself on a Thursday night, so I decided to just go home. Uh, and then Friday I played through all the 825 story content, which we're going to talk about a bit later. I enjoyed it. It was... what what I saw was pleasing to my eyes (laughs) and that's all I have to say about that for now for now yeah. what about you guys what did you get up to this week
3: so many things (laughs) so I I love brewfest I've been doing it for years I skipped it last year I did like a little bit but not much but uh, other than last year I've been doing it for years and years and years, trying to get both the Brewfest Ram and the Kodo mounts, and I haven't gotten either of them, and finally, after all these years, I finally got the freaking Swift Brewfest Ram mount off of Dyer Brew, and I was so happy, and I love it. I don't care that I already have a bunch of other rams, you know, since my first name ever was a dwarf, so she's got plenty of rams. I don't care that I have flying now, and this is a ground mount. It's the freaking Brewfest Ram. It's got a little beer stein on its, like... What do you call that even? Mount saddle blanket. Saddle blanket. There we go. The saddle blanket. It's got a little Brewfest stein on either side, and I I love it. It makes me happy. (laughs) I finally got it. And I also got, uh, from doing time walking, my wolf mount... That you get with, you know, five thousand time walking badges for Warlords of Draenor. Oh,
2: so I got that. that's what I forgot to get.
3: I've been saving up for that, so I was really excited. You know, I had like seven thousand going into Warlords time walking last week, so that feels good. I'm like, glad. I, I, I,
2: I have enough for one. I'm pretty sure I have enough for both of them.
3: You can go get it tonight, still. Oh, that's right! I go to the show, you still have time.
2: Ooh, yeah,
3: there you go, do it. So I, yep, two months this week. So that was awesome. I ended up playing more classic than I originally planned. Kind of found this new motivation to get leveled, and I leveled my dwarf rogue a little bit. She is now level twelve. I think she's twelve now, eleven or twelve, something like that. And that's good. I'm looking forward to doing some dungeons here, some dungeons here soon. And the big thing though that happened is that I was running to Stormwind because I was I was taking my dwarf over to Westfall. And when I ran across the bridge, you know, entering Stormwind, there there was an army get, gathered there and you know some embassies and stuff talking. And I'm like, oh, what's going on here? I don't think I've seen this before. And it turns out it was the beginning of the confrontation of Lady Prester, a.k.a. Nyxia. Spoilers! And to witness... I've heard about that. I know the story. I know the lore. But to actually get to see it for myself was really cool. Like, I followed Windsor all the way, slowly, through Stormwind, as he slowly went to the keep <laughs> and then finally you know confronted her and then bolvar was right there too like next to me and then she turns into Nixia, like right there in the throne room and it was just such an epic awesome moment to be able to witness myself finally and i was so grateful for that and 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 then a bunch of dragonkin stormed the throne room and i was level 11 You did fine. I died immediately. What? (laughs)
2: What? (laughs) I don't believe you. No, you you just stealthed because you're a rogue and everything was I don't have
3: Vanish yet, though. I'm too low level.
2: No, 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 that's what (laughs) you
3: did. Honestly, I didn't even care that I died because witnessing that moment was just so awesome. And I, I loved being able to do it. And I took a great screenshot that I'm really happy with. And I put it on Twitter and... I like I thanked the guy who was doing the quest that started the that whole scenario because it allowed me to see it, and so I thanked him. And you know he told me it was you know cool or whatever, but it was just it was a really cool moment to get to witness that. And that's one of the good things about classic is that since I started in the beginning of Burning Crusade, but I know a lot of the lore of classic or of vanilla. I get to witness these things again, like firsthand outside of Burning Crusade and get to do it in, you know, Classic Era or Vanilla Era. And that was that was just really cool. Like, that was definitely one of the highlights of my week. I was really excited about that. And, of course, I died, which sucked, but I, I moved on with life and then I went and soloed Hogger at level 11. So I felt pretty epic at the end of the night.
2: Soloed Hogger. I mean, I now solo- I know... Now I know you're lying, because, like, nobody sold Hogger.
3: Level 11, I that Hogger. I had, like, a sliver of life left. If he had, like, given me one more, like, just normal breath as he was dying, I would have died.
1: See, see, Josie, you're failing to see the part that is absolutely the lie here, and that is that there was not a bunch of people waiting to kill Hogger.
3: No, there really wasn't. It was literally just me. Now granted I did have a sharpening stone on my dagger so I was a little more powerful. And I'm a leather worker, so I have been making my own gear and I had um armor kits, light armor kits attached to some of my pieces. So all that helped.
1: Oh, sharpening stones.
3: Right? Remember sharpening stones? Yeah, uh, that was good times. Yeah. Did I so... made so
2: much of those when I was like <laughs> so any I... extra damage, give it to me.
3: I think between having the sharpening stones and the armor kits, I think that's what I was able to solo him. But it was cool because the sharpening stones were just given to me freely by some person who I did a couple quests with. And nice. they had some some extra ones and they just gave it to me. Like It was really cool and, and that allowed me to solo Hogger. So it was good times. That was my exciting week. How uh, was yours, Metro?
1: Soloing Hogger. I remember those days.
3: I felt so epic. I walked away and I was like, "Yes, I'm still alive." I, I no one I, look at me because I'll die. I
1: think like every five levels, I went back and killed Hogger. After there's I there's definitely I was
3: satisfaction up. to it. Yeah, yeah. It
1: yeah. Uh, my week in <laughs> WoW was uh, fairly uneventful and not plentiful at all. Uh, I was busy doing real world stuff and and didn't really have a lot of play time. Um, I did work a little bit on my, um, my, uh, horde paladin, uh, got him through some of the, the quests out in that zone there.
3: In uh, that zone there? In, in, which zone was that? Uh, uh,
1: Zeldazar, where the, okay. the capital is there. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> uh, because that's just where I decided to start because I was already there. Uh, chose which god I want to worship. Even though I don't really need to care about that now, because which
3: one did you choose?
1: I think it was the bird one, the the... Aku. Sure, I don't know. I don't remember anymore. (laughs) Uh, It's I think it was I think think it was Paku because I I think it was the it sounded cool that the um, the air stuff to to get travel faster around. Place, yeah, it is
3: cool. And then I
1: proceeded after getting that to mount up on my flying mountain flyer, fly back to my the, the the little hall we have there as, as already So I'm like, okay, well, I have that now, but I really don't need it, so it doesn't really matter anymore. Um, and um, spent a little time in Kalimdor for a little bit. You know, did a few things out there. Um did some Rust Bolt stuff, killed Rust Feather a few times, didn't get any mounts. So, you know, boo to that. Um Yeah, didn't really do a whole lot in a while this week. It was uh, it was a pretty low key week. Um Yeah, that, that's kind of what it um didn't even really do a lot of world quests. Um, yeah, that's about it. All right, so I guess the first thing to do now is uh, talk about our first sponsor. Our new sponsor is Funko. If you haven't heard of them by name, you've definitely seen their products. They make collectible vinyl figures from a bunch of Blizzard universes, from Warcraft to Overwatch, Heroes of Diablo, and even more from outside the Blizzardverse, like Firefly, Star Trek, and Critical Role. I to highlight a Funko Pop each week, and this week's Funko is, well... Actually, let's talk about some big news in the Funkoverse this week. And Toasty, I think you have some some thoughts on this.
3: <laughs> oh man, just maybe. So there's some new to...
1: Funko pops coming out soon, I hear. Yeah,
2: I need to clear some shelf space.
1: So just so... when
2: I thought I was out, they pulled me back in.
1: <laughs> so Critical Role, which I mentioned in the ad just now, intentionally. Uh, is getting their own Funko Pops? Have Have they said what they're they're doing yet, or is it just general? Where they're doing Funko Pops?
2: Uh, they yeah they haven't said what they're doing yet. Um, I imagine specifically it'll be both their characters from Box Machina and the Mighty Nine, along with some fan favorite NPCs.
1: And one out of ten, how popular do you think these are going to be?
2: Well, well, their Kickstarter with an original goal of I think it was 750000 raised $11 million.
3: Oh my god, it went that high? Yeah. Wow.
2: So, wow. I think so it's going to be
1: popular. What you're saying is uh, 1 to 10, probably 15 or 20?
2: Like, uh, yeah.
1: Yeah. Alright then. That should be interesting, at least. Yep. So I'm excited. I'm excited to see what these are, and I will obviously let you do the ads when those are released, and we highlight those for <laughs> a few weeks. Can't wait! We? I'm sure you can't. Ugh,
2: I need to clear out a shelf. Some of this stuff is going to have to go. If I don't you, know If, what you, if you're
1: looking for some fucking pops, in the meantime, I might have some to say. So the Funko Pop, the highlight that I want to highlight this week, since that is kind of what we do in this ad here, uh, is one that I was told previously was the was the only correct Funko to do for the series, um, because apparently <laughs> the ones I did before were wrong. So yep, I Accurate. Pikachu. I've done Charmander, which is the best Pokemon, and I did uh, Bulbasaur.
2: Yep. All wrong. Bulbasaur. And now Squirtle we're doing Squirtle. Is... Yeah, Squirtle's obviously the superior of all those pokemon.
1: <laughs> all right. So what is what is superior about Squirtle as a as a pokemon?
2: Uh, it's, it's a water type. That's it. That's the tweet.
1: All right. So that that it's <laughs> a water type. That's that's its whole thing. Yep. Okay, so not fire, not grass, not electric, water. Yeah. Also, he's a turtle. That's what I was. That's what I was expecting you to say.
3: Yeah, that's that's. Let's be honest. That's the real reason here.
2: Uh, I, I, yeah, I mean, yeah, he's a turtle, but also, I just, I've just always picked water type. So that's what I. That's what I pick.
1: Are you planning I to play uh, Sword and Shield?
2: I mean, I I need to switch first.
1: But they do have the new Switch Lite now.
2: Yeah, no, I'm not wasting my money on that. <laughs> I
1: don't know what the difference is. So,
2: um, one is just one is just like a handheld version. Okay. And the other one, um, it can be handheld, but you can also play it on your TV.
1: Gotcha, gotcha. Well, if you. Want to check out this Funko and many others? Go to bit.ly slash Funko ATA, check out their online shop, and use Shop10 to save 10% on your entire purchase. That's bit.ly slash Funko ATA, and use Shop10 to save 10%. I want to thank Funko for their support of the show. All right, first up, Twits.
2: Uh, so I didn't get to do a lot of streaming last week because, like I said, real life commitments. I stream on Wednesday, on Wednesday to do the raids stuff, and then, like, real life real-life got in the way. Uh, I'm hoping to get back on schedule with that this week. Um straight, streaming more uh, of our heroic progress in Eternal Palace and uh, I'm going to try to figure out what to do for like the variety of stuff. I'm thinking about doing Stardew Valley because I haven't played Stardew Valley in a while and like I want to do that. Like the 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 non nights are pretty much just me streaming whatever the heck I feel like playing, so that's what I'll do.
1: Have you have you had any fatal uh, bone spurs in Blood Hockey off-stream this week? Uh,
2: no, no. Um, yeah, n- not 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 this week. I I pretty much save franchise mode just for a stream. Otherwise, I'm playing exhibition mode in Super Blood Hockey, so the deaths. They don't normally detail them in the uh, exhibition mode. It's just like, oh, he's dead so now. Fine. Plus, 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 you don't have like, you don't get you. It's not, it's not a player you've gotten attached to over the course of a season. Like, I had a whole backstory in my head for for Mr., for Hugo Salad, and then he died. Well, it was very sad. It right. for me for two seasons.
1: Alright, and what did he die from again? Uh... Um, a fatal groin injury or something? Uh...
2: I can't remember... now. I'll have to go back... I'll have to check the tape.
1: <laughs> what kind of GM are you, man? Jeez.
2: A, a ruthless one who buys prisoners to play in a very bloody hockey, li- hockey league.
1: Alright then. I uh, guess that works. All right, well, hopefully it get some more streaming in this week, then. How about yep. uh, time for Twiop, then? <laughs>
3: Twiop. Uh, not a lot in Twiop. I released my Drak and Keep episode, which was pretty cool. I learned I learned a couple things that I didn't really know too many details about, so that was fun. And next week will be Gun Drak. And my show is now available on Stitcher, which just happened today. So that's also exciting. Yeah. There's there's a couple little things that work here and there that I'm not allowed to talk about quite yet, but yeah, some good stuff coming up. And I'm excited because I went ahead and mapped out like the schedule for the rest of the Wrath of the Luke King expansion. Gonna it's gonna be good times. It's gonna be good times. A couple two parters, you know, that kind of jazz. Yeah.
1: That's awesome! I'm glad to hear it. Can't wait to see what you have planned for the rest of the expansion.
3: Stuff, stuff and things.
1: Well, yeah. I mean, it's not really a podcast about so stuff and things. Jeez.
3: <laughs> What's up uh, with uh, this week in Medros Pokemoning?
1: Um this week uh I I did a couple of uh Giratina raids, a Giratina altered form, which is the current level five rain boss. Uh did one last night uh with some friends. Uh they are actually at the Montreal Safari Zone event, so they got some Tropius, so they traded uh the wife and I each Tropius. Um and Um they also uh, helped us do the raids, so I didn't get a shiny out of that one, but did one over on my brick today, and the wife got a shiny, which always happens. Like, she gets so many freaking shinies that it just drives me crazy. Um, like, for Quaza, I did probably 50 or 60 Quaza raids um, during his, his tenure in, in-game, and... Um, I got zero shinies, she got four. She did not do any of those raids herself. I, I did all of them for her. Um, so there, there there may perhaps be a little bit of bitterness there, on my, on my behalf, I'll be, I'll be honest. Um, uh, because I do a lot of work and, and spend a lot of time trying to get raids in and, and, and have to trade for, for, for shiny raid bosses, so. Um... And, let's see, uh, for shinies, for myself this week, um, let's see, uh, so I got, uh, a shiny Patrat, um, and I got a shiny, a second shiny Barboach, so I can now do the evolution of that, and I got a second shiny Little Pup, but I think, actually I think it was right after the last episode, so... Yeah, uh, I've got now two, little, two shiny little pups and two shiny burr um, And uh, I've been doing a bunch of trades now that they released some of Gen 5. I've been catching as many as I can on, the, on both accounts and, tr- and just trading back and forth trying to get l- my lucky ducks filled as quickly as I can. Um, for luckies, for the new generation, I have gotten um, plenty of little pups. <clears throat> Uh, Plenty of Pat Rats, including um, a perfect uh, Lucky Pat Rat. Um, I've got uh, Lucky Purloins. I've got both of those I can do. And I did a Lucky trade on Saturday with a friend, uh, with a Lucky friend. Um, We traded Gibbles, and I got a 98% Lucky Gibble. So that will eventually be my... I think it's Garchomp is the full evolution of that one. I think... That's what I've seen people saying anyway. Yes, that's correct. See, if I ever do a Pokemon podcast, you have to be on it because you're my like, what am I talking about here? Because I can't remember it. Because I don't know Pokemon outside of Pokemon Go. Um, but uh, my Lucky deck is, is going well. Um, I have yet to see a shiny Seviper myself. Uh, but I keep I, I continue to look for them and, and try and find one. Um, there's actually a, a, a running theory, which is entirely a joke by many people, uh, that if you purchase an item in the style shop in Pokemon Go and then go shiny hunting, you are guaranteed to get at least one shiny. And I am unwilling to spend even a hundred coins to try this theory out, um... Because knowing my luck, I'd get a, like, a shiny Pidgey or something. And I just, I can't do that.
3: Oh, Pidgeys. You know, there was a time when I first started Pokemon Go, back in, like, in the earlier days of it, that I was convinced there was, like, a Pidgey gang in my neighborhood because it was just littered with Pidgeys. Mm -hmm. And there would be times, like, if I had, like, for example, an Eevee pop-up, there'd be, like, three Pidgeys literally surrounding it and looking at it. So it felt like there was a gang of Pidgeys.
1: So here's the thing: if you tap on a uh, tap on a Pokemon to check it, like to check it and go out of it, it will then be facing you in game. So that's how you can basically make it make it seem like, or make it feel like you're basically being like attacked by these Pokemon. Um, Just so you know that that is quite possibly um, what what was happening there. But yes, uh, Pidgeys are not nearly as plentiful as they used to be, thank God. Uh, But now it's all rats. Uh, Pat rats and pitovs, um, and pitov is even like at least. I mean, I always thought Pidgey had no emotion to it, um, but pitov it literally has no emotion. Like there's there's not even a, a, a I don't like you look to it with P- pit which I look Pidgey has. This is just like what are you and can I you is all I'm feeling from that. Um, so. Uh, and I'm actually seeing up right now at, at the park near my house. There's a, a fungus, um, which I really wish I could go get because I don't have one of those. Uh, they look like a uh, a Pokeball on the map. Um, apparently, what I've been told, anyway. Um, and I, I'm kind of wishing I could, uh, you know, walk my way over that way. But that would be cheating, and I won't do that. So. Um, but yeah, um, let's see what else. Uh, I hatched some stuff this week as well. I hatched, uh, some new additions to my Pokédex. Um, I hatched a... Uh, where is it here? A gullet and a pharaoh seed. Um, the pharaoh seed was 91% and the gullet was 89%. So that was pretty good. Um, and I've caught a few Drillburrs. Don't have yet enough for that evolve. Uh, or not good enough for that evolve, anyway. Um and I don't, yeah, Blitzel Evolve, but I don't have any for that um, my research stone or my research breakthrough yesterday uh, unfortunately did not give me Nova Stone, so I can't do my Panpour Evolve um, but I do have uh, a, a not too bad Panpour, so once I get one of those dang things, I'll be able to do that Evolve um, but yeah, that, that's about it, uh, looking forward to Giratina raid Hour on Wednesday this week and then um, it's expected Tuesday and Wednesday but next week. We'll, both, we'll have two rate hours, one each day. The uh, first one will be the makeup day for Mewtwo, um, and the second one on Wednesday will be Giratina. Um, and I'm hoping to get some shinies on both of those because that'd be really cool. Um, so, Nintek, if you're listening, you know my account. I'm happy to have those shiny, shiny rates boosted on my account. If you don't mind, thanks. You're not listening. Nobody ever listens to me. You guys aren't even listening to me anymore. I'm sure you guys like just fall asleep on me. What? No. What was listening?
3: I'm, just, I'm just sipping on my rum. It's all good.
1: Alright. <laughs> let's, uh, let's move on then. Uh, and wait. It's not October yet. Why are we talking about the month in WoW? Because it's tomorrow. But it's not today.
3: No, but when this comes out, it'll be October
1: most of the stuff will be done anyway. No. Okay. <laughs> this show at best will be out on the 6th. It will absolutely Brewfest will absolutely be done before this is out. Unless mm-hmm. a miracle mm-hmm. happens and I have nothing planned this week which I always do. The and bonus event will probably be almost mostly done. PvP Brawl, we mostly done. Darkman will be starting, so that's good.
3: We always talk about this week and whatever month we're doing.
1: Fine, let's do it.
2: Alright, so we've got the Battleground bonus for that it goes from October 1st to October 7th. Um, we've got the PvP Brawl, uh, Cooking Impossible, October 1st to the 7th. We've also got Brewfest, ending on October 6th. After that, we've got Darkman's Fair from October 6th to the 12th, and the Battle for Azeroth Dungeon event from the 8th to the 14th. And then we've got the Pet Battle bonus event from October 15th to the 21st, along with the PvP Brawl Deep Wind Dunk. And then we've got Hallow's End to look forward to. That starts on October 18th and runs all the way till November 1st. And then we've got BC Time Walking. That goes from the 22nd to the 28th. And the Arena Skirmish event goes from October... Why did I write 29th? Oh no, wait, that's right. (laughs) The Arena Skirmish event goes from October 29th to November 4th. At the same time, we've also got the PvP Brawl South Shore vs. Terran Mill. Uh, Yeah, that's what we can expect in WoW this month. And of course, you know, right after that is, is BlizzCon. BlizzCon! It's
1: cool. What, what, what's this you're talking about? I, I've never heard of this thing.
0: Oh my gosh! Uh, I
2: can't. I can't wait. It's gonna be so much fun.
0: Uh, A-
1: and and what day do we get uh, Ally and Toasty pictures?
2: Um. I'm coming
3: in on the 29th thirtieth. Wait, when am, I <laughs> when am I getting there? I'm getting there on the thirtieth.
2: Oh, the thirtieth, probably.
3: All right, I think I, we have will, dinner we'll plans here. on the 30th? We don't have dinner plans on the
2: 30th. Who, do I have, have dinner,
3: plans?
2: who do I have dinner plans with on the 30th? I know I have dinner me. plans with on, we're, we're on the 30th. Going to,
3: we're, we're going to go hit up medieval times on the 30th.
2: Oh, no. i got to figure out who I have dinner plans with on the 30th.
3: <laughs> so, I'm glad you think that it was do, with us, though. I feel very Dear listeners, right if
1: you have plans with Toasty for the 30th of October, <laughs> please message him as soon as possible so he can remember.
3: Well the thirtieth is DitchCon. Is it something is it someone that you're gonna ditchcon with?
1: Me? It was a Seraphis!
3: I helped <laughs> Either way, I'm sure at some point we will see each other on the thirtieth. So oh, is yeah, it a probably.
1: bacon meal or a bacon beer he's gonna have?
2: Uh it's well, not bacon beer. He hates bacon beer. And to be fair, like that's totally justified because bacon like any of those any of those novelty bacon flavored things are usually disgusting
1: yes I agree
2: bacon soda bacon beer
1: yeah bacon is only good in one context as bacon Food.
3: <laughs> I would try bacon beer don't that, that
2: could be good oh, I'm, I'm, sorry, no, Frazzly, I'm
1: sorry I'm sorry Frazzle Rock we are not going to be talking about bacon milkshakes that is a disgusting idea
2: uh, bacon on ice cream is pretty good
3: I haven't tried it, I'm willing to try it once. I'm trying I'm willing to try most things once.
2: Like maple bacon ice cream is freaking fantastic. And let's face it, milkshake is basically just a slightly melted ice cream. So like, in theory it'll taste fine. Anyway, um Let's talk about the big news. It's a like, like this huge news, this is what everybody wants to talk about this week.
1: Oh, for sure. Uh, the big news that everybody's to talking about nobody has, has talked about anything else this week. Uh recruiter friend is not yet live, but the stuff's there, so just be patient, it'll be coming soon.
2: I know it sucks, everyone's looking forward to people are looking forward to getting all those rewards like the, mount, the, the, the mounts there's two of them, there's a plane and there's a camel, you got the pet and you got the, the cool transmog, but just be patient it's coming soon
1: <laughs> yep, and, and if you referred friends this week or you tried to refer friends this week you know, just be patient uh, your friends can wait a little bit longer to get into the game and get you those sweet, sweet rewards and we don't have anything else to talk about, so we're pretty much done, right?
2: Well no, there's that second really big thing that that's coming out in that, that's that's that was
1: that came with a two five, right now? Yeah, what are you guys talking about? yeah. Go ahead.
3: Yeah, yeah. So there's there's actually the latest secret finding mission is a go. So the wow secret finding discord is working on a puzzle of Jennifer. It's actually a cat battle, a cat battle pet, and it begins with some creepy-looking night elf named Anmara Lunastar. And a first theory was that this was someone that was raised into undeath by Sylvanas, but instead, it's just a spooky-looking elf who misses her cat. And
1: so, there's already a lot of cat pets in the game. Yep.
3: This cat might be different, though. I'm going to be really curious, because the flavor text for this cat is... This cat is known for her lies. Ignore her sweet meows.
1: Okay, and so... We're absolutely going to have one person who's going to reply to this outraged by the idea of calling a cat a liar.
3: <laughs> well, here's the thing, though. Apparently, some of her, like, pet battle moves are... Potentially old god related. We have tentacles, stab and foreboding curse.
2: Cats don't have tentacles,
3: unless it's an old god cat.
1: Oh uh, yes, or in the MCU. Want well, to? I mean, that cat's awesome. <laughs> uh,
2: but so basically, it's a cat living up to the evil nature that belongs to all cats that <laughs> embodies all cats. <laughs>
3: Something like that, yeah, yeah. So it's gonna be interesting. The you know WoW Secret Finding Discord group, I I'm, I'm in that, and it's impossible to keep up with because there are just so many people working so hard on these different puzzles. But they're they're working on how to figure out the puzzle and how to obtain it. But as they figure things out, they'll update WoWhead, and I'm sure down the road we'll have an update on it.
2: Okay, so that's surely all the big 825 stuff, right?
3: Oh, surely, that's the only thing that came out.
2: Except, that it's, except it's not, like, obviously. We put a spoiler warning at the beginning of this episode for a reason.
1: <laughs> so, let's do it one more time before we get into this. The next segment of the show will contain heavy, heavy, heavy spoilers, for the content that came in eight point two point five, if you have not participated in that content yet, if you have not watched this content yet, please stop listening now. Right now, she
3: like really noisy, annoying, annoying sounds like wee wee wee.
2: I'm far imagining. Far. I'm imagining that noise that Lloyd made during in, in the in the Dumb and Dumber movie. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I'm uh, no, let's stop, please. Not bad. <laughs> Anyways, yes. If you have not produced, have not done the war campaign stuff for for eight point two point five, you should not continue listening to this episode until you've done so. So, on, on characters, they would say, "Stop the show." If you haven't haven't done that, this is your last warning. If you are spoiled beyond this, that is not our fault.
2: Okay, and spoilers in five, four. 3, 2, 1, rip Varok Sourfang. Oh my
3: god. See, I knew I knew it was going to happen eventually, but I was thinking 8-3 or beginning the like next expansion. I did not expect it in 8-3.
2: Yeah, five. I think I think this is the ending that everybody was expecting to happen. Varok was going to die, and Sylvanas was not going to be the leader of the Horde anymore. But I don't think they expected it in a .5 content
1: batch.
3: No, not at all. I mean, did you expect expected measures?
1: No, I honestly felt that we were probably going to have some kind of a a, a longer Siege of Argomar-like lead up to that, and then an eight point three would bring us into the actual battle. Yeah, well,
2: exactly. Like, it, it, I think I think the majority of people expected. Eight three to be the patch where everything got cleaned up. When they announced that eight two five was going to be the end of the war campaign, I think it took a lot of people by shock.
3: Yeah, it happened pretty quickly. Um,
2: and, and honestly, like the way it happened in game also happened very quickly. I was not expecting it to be that quick of a turnaround. I was I was very much expecting it to be like a time gated thing where we would work towards the out this outcome. But right. no, like people, you were able to do it like right away, and boy, did it escalate quickly. Oh, I mean, it's making—I'm it, sure it makes—it's—it's it's making a lot of people happy because it wasn't time gated. There's been co- there's been many complaints that in the past where Blizzard, where people have felt as though Blizzard has needlessly time gated something. So you know, I'm I'm very happy that we got we got this this quickly, but at the same time, like, the, the build-up wasn't quite there for me.
3: Well, we also don't play Horde side, and I think there may have been more to build up on Horde side.
2: Oh yeah, I, was, like, I watched through the Horde side of stuff, and uh, there were some interesting things that we didn't see
3: yeah. as Alliance
2: players. Like, they... like the, um trig got arrested. Which was like, whoa. Okay.
3: Don't know if I actually knew that one.
2: Yeah, so Etric got arrested. Oh crap. So they they put him in chains and walked him through Orgamar, uh, very much in the style of the Shame Lady from Game of Thrones.
3: Yeah, yeah. Was there a bell?
2: I I, I, I don't think I don't believe so.
3: <laughs>
2: Honestly, there should have if there wasn't there should have been it's a missed opportunity. But at the same time, like, the pop culture reference, like, Blizzard loves their pop culture references, don't get me wrong. I feel like that may, they may have felt that that wasn't an appropriate time to insert one.
1: So what you're saying is it shameful?
2: Kind of? Yeah? Yeah? Uh, like, like, the 825, oh man, there's so many things. Like, First of all, that initial cinematic when you first pick up the quest, of them meeting, like I don't, I'm not sure where it is. I think it's somewhere in Kalimdor. Um, if I, I, can't remember, I can't remember exactly where it is, I know Taliesin did a little breakdown and he kind of figured out where it was, but I can't remember where it was. Yeah. I, don't, it I know, I don't there.
1: Yeah,
2: okay, yeah. Um, like that first, that initial meeting between the uh, the the. the some uh, some people from the Alliance. There were notable people missing on the Alliance side of things, which we'll talk about a little bit later, I'm sure. And, um, the leaders of the horn, Minus, you know, the big one. Um... The
3: big one?
2: whoever could that be? Uh, gee, I wonder. Well, Bane, obviously. <laughs> Bane is... the Bane is the big one. He is physically the big one. No, Bane was
3: there. <laughs> I was gonna say.
2: <laughs> um, that that, that that set the tone so so well uh, just uh, uh, you, like you get the like, everybody is very at that point very desperate to rid the horde of Sylvanas because like they, they talked about how they didn't have a lot of people to throw towards the cause. All that other stuff, and like they, they were willing to sacrifice a lot. I mean, Anduin was willing to throw the forces of the Alliance at this problem when he wasn't willing to do that for Darkshore and the Night Elves. So, um, also that's another point of contention there. That that's that can lead to some interesting results when we uh, when hear from Tirana and her side of things.
3: Well, and honestly, it makes sense. I mean, it's it's as much as I'm, you know, pro alliance. Like, it's we've spent so many years and expansions having discourse among the horde. It, it's it's time for some of that to be happening on Lion's side.
2: Oh yeah, yeah. And like, obviously, Gen was like not going to be a hundred percent on everything too because because of. Everything that his people have suffered mm-hmm. at at the hands of the horde.
3: A nice touch that I just never remembered was um, if you actually talk to Anduin at one point, I think it was just when they were in Razor Hill. You can actually ask him where's Tronda, yeah. and he explains that he's actually reached out to her, but he has not heard back from her.
2: Yeah, Tronda is just like leaving Anduin on red.
3: So that's that's a loose thread that we know you know we're going to see in either. An 8.3 or 9.0.
1: Yeah. So here's my question. What are the chances there is no 8.3 and we move right into 9.0?
2: Uh...
3: Slim to none. I know like, there's a few people that are saying that, but if you think about it, we don't even have an expansion announcement yet. We still have another month to go before we get that. If this is all the content that's left until 9.0 that's not going to go off well with blizzard
2: yeah and I, and I admittedly i thought that there was a possibility at first too and and here's why i thought it was a possibility because because we don't know how battle for azeroth is going to resolve itself uh like, we'll know in a
3: month
2: yep yeah. <laughs> but uh, i feel like how, one of the things i was wondering is how are they going to give us a an expansion announcement Without us knowing what's going to, what's, how A3 is going to end. We have I'm a, really we have an idea, we have an idea of how Battle for Azeroth is going to end, given everything that's happened so far. I mean, the Zoth is obviously a problem. Azara, um, was b- very briefly dead <laughs> and, and yeah, is briefly. back doing her thing. So, uh, like, BFA, I feel like is, 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 Leading us towards a finale that involves, um, uh, Jara with uh, with increased capabilities and uh, some aspect of Nazoth. but th- there's going to be that that one little twist there at at the end of if they, if they choose to do another retcon, there's going to be that one little twist that that kind of kicks off the events to 9.0. And and stuff that happens at nine is going to be very dependent on that uh, on that rate here. How are they going to announce what's happening in A three, like, like like the possibilities of what we're going to see in A three, and then announce nine and then announce whatever the expansion is without giving away what happens in A three.
3: Well, see, I'm thoroughly convinced that we're going to go to BlizzCon and they're going to be like, oh, bet you're all wondering what's happening in A three, cinematic. Then we get our cinematic, and it goes into the brief, you know, we're getting this raid and doing this thing, blah, 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 blah. We'll talk about that more on our panel, but you're not really here for that, are you? You're really here for an expansion announcement. And then we'll get our expansion announcement. I think we're just going to get so many things dumped on us at BlizzCon, and it's going to be glorious. I mean, in an
2: ideal world, especially for people like us who are content creators, (laughs) who, who depend on that kind of stuff, I would love that. I would freaking love that.
1: I do fully expect that we're going to have a very, very similar announcement at BlizzCon, like they had for Gamescom when they were announcing Legion, which is here's what happened at the end of Warlords. You saw what happened there. This is what happened after that, and here's the announcement of Legion and what, what's happening there.
2: Yeah, but the difference is, we don't know what's happening at the end of BFA.
3: But we have. I mean, we have a couple hints. I yeah. mean, this this is a spoiler show. I mean, there and there's a lot of leaks, supposed leaks and speculation out there, and we're not going to go into that too much detail. But we have, you know, even if you're not a Horde player, you have YouTube videos showing us the Sylvanas loyalist ending.
2: Oh man!
3: And she made a deal with
0: Ashura.
2: Well.
3: And is off. Like and,
2: and and some mysterious third party. Let's 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 be clear on that. So she made a deal with Azara and Azoth to kind of throw to throw everybody into conflict mm-hmm. to weaken their forces. But all she's doing is throwing a bunch of it's causing a bunch of death for whatever entity that she's currently serving.
3: Well, and here's the thing. So over in Razor Razor Hill, when they are all meeting, right? Elaria speaks up and says something that I felt was foreshadowing, and I think it was silly that Anduin and everyone else just basically ignored it and said, no, you're wrong. But Elaria basically mentions that Sylvanas may have the only army capable of beating Zoth. Yep. And it suggests, like, maybe we shouldn't try to kill her because we might actually need her and her army. And so that's, to me, like, it feels like it was a mistake for the other leaders to ignore Alaria's warning. And I think that's going to come back and bite them.
2: Yeah, I mean, that's a very real possibility, honestly, because, yeah. I mean, the reality of it was that um, that the, the, the force that she amassed could very well have taken care of the problem, but now, now we're kind of Everybody's all sort of fractured, and we don't know how it's going to work out.
1: But I mean, So, a lot of those forces are still in Orgrimmar. They, there was no actual battle there, so that army is still there.
2: Yeah, but it's a very it's 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 very much a there's an obvious divide, especially within the horde. Um, uh, okay, so we've been we've kind of talked all over the place so far. Um, let's just go over what's ha- what what actually happened. So. Um The Alliance and the Horde teamed up. They amassed forces in Razor Hill to march on Orgrimmar, and there was a series of quests there. That um, if you were a uh, if you if you were rebelling against Sylvanas as part of the Horde, or if you were in the Alliance, you had to take care of different things around the gates. Get to get to kill a bunch of spies, get rid of a bunch of explosives around the siege of weaponry, and also deliver orders to everybody. And um, at once, at the conclusion of all that, after after you give everybody their marching orders, um, that's when that six-minute cinematic kicked in. So when we saw um, Sarfang kind of march into the gates of Orgrimmar with uh, Thrall and Anduin at his back and eventually tr- um, challenging Sylvanas to a monk Gora. And then Sylvanas handily defeated him. Like it was, it was almost too easy for her to do that. He got in one good strike, where where she ended up denouncing the Horde basically afterwards, and denouncing everybody there. And um, she she unleashed this like wicked bit of magic that. Um, it has kind of been hinted at that since since the Battle for Azeroth, especially with the initial cinematic where she went all yeah, Banshee mode. That's but true. it's it's never been a power that we've seen specifically, like this specific bolt of energy that she used to eventually kill Saurfang. And um, after she kills Saurfang, she kind of you know, ma- gives her big bad guy speech and takes off. And the cinematic ends with Thrall, Zekan, and Anduin carrying Sarfang's body into Orgrimmar, um, and then to control, bring bringing back home. So that was that, that, that. was the big cinematic, and like the Alliance were, um, uh, were able to uh, attend Sarfang's memorial kind of thing, and eventually left for Boralus and and um, did, and continue doing their thing. Uh, the horde also saw something like that, but the the, um, but the difference with the horde side of things, is that there were two different two different paths you could have gone for. Um, we the as horde players, people players were given the choice early on in the expansion: were, Are you going to stay loyal? To Sylvanas, or are you gonna pledge your loyalty to Saurfang? And that was when Saurfang was escaping from the stockades. So, very much from that point, like, you made your choice, and you were stuck with it. Kind of so, if you're a loyal, if you were a uh, loyalist to Sylvanas, you you were the person sa- attempting to sabotage the uh, siege weaponry and all that other stuff. Uh, but you also saw another cinematic, and we talked about that, where uh, she was at Windrunner Spire meeting with Nathanos. Nathanos, you know, confessed his feels. He caught feelings pretty bad. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, that's where Silvanus makes another big bad guy speech. Like, oh, yeah, I was. I made a deal with Azara to do all this stuff to help benefit Azshara. But even even that was for the, the benefit of this other party that Sylvanas is serving. And it's not clear if it's a... It's not made clear during at that moment whether or not um, Sylvanas is, has been corrupted by this other entity or if she's um, a willing servant. Like, we don't know that at this point. But she... Uh, but, but what or is clear what is that she's...
3: Disguise? Well, sorry? Or a willing servant, a willing servant in disguise.
2: Yeah. All we know is right now the things that she's done, made a deal with the Jara, and therefore Nazoth. She like she's done all the stuff she's done so far is is in service of this mysterious other entity, and that's kind of where we we leave off in terms of that that story. I mean the the um, and. Well not quite leave off. Like after all this is said and done, like it's uh, called the end of the fourth war. The fourth war that has been going on since World of Warcraft started. Like they, they once upon completion of this you get a title like uh, champion of the fourth war or something like that. So But um Yeah, I mean there, there's there's so much to unpack there. Um and and to, to get back to the point I was trying to get at when I went off on this tangent is like the horde is very much a uh, divided faction at this point. There there are people all over the place who are um, openly, openly uh, denouncing Sylvanas and her actions. But if you were a loyalist to Sylvanas. Um, You'll get occasional whispers, you know, like the. Along the lines of, you know, the Dark Queen. Like, we'll always say the Dark Queen, or something to that effect. So, there there are a bunch of. There are a bunch of people within the Horde still that are very much serving. Continuing to serve Sylvanas. And, uh. That's that'll be interesting to see how that plays out and I also very much enjoy like, that we're seeing the aftermath of this stuff um, like all throughout the world like you go through Borealis, you go to Stormwind, Orgrimmar there are people talking there are different embassies talking about what happened and there's a there's a there's a clear reaction to how everything ended which I, I very much appreciate because that's not something I feel like that's not something we see too often in WoW. Would I be yeah, right
1: that? Normally we just see the the events and then it's usually or it feels often like we're, we have a quick move over to the next expansion or, or the next content. There's not a lot of d- staying with that. Um, it, very similar I think to the arrival of the Death Knights in Stormwind. Um, you, you you go Stormwind after freeing yourself from the Lethousia's control you're being pelted with fruit and stuff like that. You talk to the king, and then it's all good. And there's yeah. nothing more after that. There's no. It, it's unrealistically um, finalized and not realistic at all to what would actually be happening. People would have so many opinions, and you would get glares and dirty looks and stuff as a death knight in Stormwind.
2: Yeah, and, and we're very much getting that in terms of reactions to, to what Sylvanas ended up doing. I mean, there are um, one memorable one for me that I, I didn't actually experience because it was specific to Horde, but I read about it, um, was like an auction house person. You know, there's an NPC trying to list Anchorweed, and the auction house person did not want to serve that person. Yeah, because Follow. because because they were a loyalist to so the It also included a little cheeky thing where, like the, like, the 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 NBC was eventually allowed to list their anchor weed, but they wanted to do it one at a time. And and uh, that that NBC got called out on it, Good. which <laughs> I, have I to all
1: people, <laughs> all people who list one anchor weed at a time should
0: be played. <laughs>
1: Yeah, uh,
2: like the the, it's it's cool to see everybody reacting in World. Um, Got people got people all over the place celebrating being able to go home. There was one other interaction. I I think this was before you stormed Orgrimmar between two orcs in Razor Hill. Um, One. One orc says uh, says something along the lines, "Well, oh, we're stage we're sieging Orgrimmar," and the other one responds, "This is actually my second time doing it." And the first orc says to them, "Oh, so you're a veteran traitor to the Horde, then?" And the second orc says, "No, I am loyal to the Horde. That's why I'm still here." Which was is a really cool moment.
1: Yeah.
3: Yeah, I like. This is one of the things I really, well, among many things, that I really appreciate about Blizzard is attention to detail. You know, they they took the time to put these little nuggets of conversations throughout the world to make you feel like what has happened is impacting Azeroth in general and the people on it. And, I mean, they could have not done that and just left it as, here's your cinematics, here's the story, bam. But to add in that little detail of the after effect of it, I just, I really like that.
2: Yeah, you get to see different interactions before and after. I mean, it's a very realistic thing that would have happened. You know, like, these these two, these those two orc soldiers were talking about laying siege to Orgrimmar, and someone's doing it a second time. I mean, that that cycle would have an effect on people. And it's second
1: time in like what three years, four years? Yeah. Maybe it's just better leaders. Just a thought. Well,
2: we'll blame Volgin for
3: this one. Yeah, okay. There's theories on that too, though. So oh, Volgen. oh, uh,
2: yeah, yeah. There, there, are, <laughs> there, are definite theories on the whole why Volgin bonus thing.
1: You mean a troll? So. Trolled us? I can't believe it.
2: I mean, other than that. <laughs> But yeah, uh, like, the, forget the story for a minute. We I mean, we talked we talked to the we talked to the story at length at this point. What about the actual quality of these cinematics? Like the 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 big six minute one was just, oh my god, it was so good.
3: So I love how you know the first cinematic we get is just the normal animation or whatever. But when the next cinematic hits and it opens up and you see that it is that epic, amazing quality cinematic, you know something's gonna happen. And it automatically puts you into the zone of, ooh, what's gonna happen? Like it just I I love that. I love it, love it, love it. Yeah.
2: Um Chris made a good point in chat here. Like that big that big opening cinematic, there were a lot of callbacks to um the Wrathgate cinematic. Yep.
1: Uh, th- um, there was a lot of like... callbacks to that cinematic in the entire thing. I mean, it's a sarf sarfang against an undead leader, um, and, and the, several the, the the lines. lines the yeah, and several lines were the same. um yeah. the opening the door was the same. Like Taryn and and Christie and all the people who worked on this um, did an incredible job. Um, yeah, so definitely hats cool. off to them for. Uh, making an incredibly poignant and and heartfelt um, callback to something we remember from way back in the day um, I, I definitely felt a lot of a lot of Wrathgate feels from this um, yeah. and was was sad just because I'm like oh okay well I mean I, I didn't really have a lot of hope but there's that hope gone
2: yeah. I think, I think, I think. As this expansion has gone on, people very much expected Starfang to not survive. Like, I don't think any of this. Like, they, they did a very good job of leading us on and telling us what we could expect, but still making it surprising. Like the way Sourfang went down, especially like, like him walking up to the Magrath. First of all, like the fact that both. Uh, like a former leader of the Horde and the leader of the Alliance hand Sarfang their weapons oh, to fight man. Sylvanas. When he t-
3: oh, when he took that, I just, my jaw dropped and I got chills. Ugh.
2: And what about when he broke apart uh, Charlemagne?
3: Oh, yes. Oh my god.
2: Oh, oh, it was so good. And, like, uh, um, Taliesin pointed this out in his little breakdown of it, but uh, if you looked at the jewels on Charlemagne after he breaks it apart, it's a red and a blue gem.
3: I
1: didn't notice that. Yeah, I didn't notice yeah. that until Taliesin's uh, video there. Like, that's that's a cool little thing.
2: Oh
3: there. my gosh!
1: I really uh. that that is a really good touch, um, and I actually kind of want to go back and like look at old uh, images of that sword and, and see if see if I can identify those in that in those pictures of the sword from before and previous scenes. Um, because I mean, this could be something they just did just for that cinematic, like drawing the attention to that. It could be. I, it's very possible, but
3: I mean, yeah. But still.
1: I, I I was very impressed with with that. I I loved that he was carrying a weapon of the alliance and a weapon of the horde. Though so technically, Shalim is actually a weapon of the horde because he got it in his in using the arena. Um, yeah. So technically, it's a weapon of the horde, but it belonged to two alliance kings. So we'll take we'll, we'll call that an alliance weapon. Very good symbolism there of the two sides coming together to to fight a a more important foe, Um, and I mean, I saw a cartoon or a comic strip on online, um, basically questioning that Makara, which is an honorable battle. uh, We have a lot of examples of where that really wasn't super honorable. Uh, it, it didn't really go in, in a really, like, super normal way. Like, we've got. Um, Karen. B- uh, Karen dying. Um, yeah. We've got. Sarfang dying. Um, honorable battles don't go so well for. for challengers. a lot of the time, I feel. No.
2: Well, oh, yeah, so we got. so. we got. so the. the, the... The instances I'm thinking of where it wasn't a very honorable way of going about things, there was Thrall v. Gerosh in the yes. World of Trenor, where, where Thrall obviously cheated because it's <laughs> supposed to be weapons only.
1: What do you mean? <laughs> he was using weapons made of rock that he summoned?
2: Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, Thrall. Uh And then you got Cairn versus Gerosh, where Cairn was poisoned.
3: Yeah,
2: and now this, where like Sylvanas denounces the horde and then uses some weird voodoo magic—not not, not, not voodoo magic because that's a
1: troll thing—and other... yeah. and if you look at the Warcraft movie, that's another example of Makara that was definitely not honorable at all. Yep, like yeah, Gul'dan Gold, was not honorable in that fight at all.
2: No, <laughs> nope, not not in the least bit. But it, but at the same time, like the. Um, specifically the the Saurfang v. Sylvanas one and the Gul'dan v. Durten one. Yeah. It very much showcased it, it did a good job of showing showing people for what for who they truly are. Yeah. In the case of Gul'dan who's willing to like do whatever he can to maintain power including like use the magic against his own people. Yeah. And in the case of Sylvanas, where it, she makes very clear what her feelings towards the Horde actually are. Like, no, screw the Horde. I'm, like, I'm working on my own agenda right now, and like, I've got no choice but to put it out there at this point.
1: I love how he used the, the Broken Apart Charlemagne to get the double hit on Sylvanas, knowing she'd block the first one, but would likely not block the second one. Um... And really, that's the only hit he really needed to get on her. And I'm glad he got that hit in.
2: Yeah, it's, it's kind of funny that the, the one she gets hit once and she's like, "No, screw this, screw all of you." Like, I want to give my bad guy speech now because I got cut once.
3: Because <laughs> I got cut.
2: <laughs> also, that that weird glow. For did you guys notice the that weird glow coming from her eye? after she got yeah. cut. yeah, like, I'm not sure if that's a Forsaken thing, because like, obviously we don't have that kind of detail with our, with the other cinematics we've seen involving the Forsaken, or that's just as specific to Sylvanas.
1: I want to know what magic she was using on those blades to have done the damage she did to uh, Saurfang when she cut him. Yeah. Because there is because some like, some stuff going on there. And, and if you, you did a line side, at least... Yeah, if like you did the lion's side, at least you saw conversations about what magic was that And I'm sorry, the people in that group not having seen this magic before is very concerning for me, because yeah. if there's anybody who should know these magics by now um, after uh, Thelicera or whatever name has been around for like centuries um, Lorithor Marthera has been around for centuries Janna um, Proudmoore is one of the most powerful mages in Azeroth um, I'm concerned and yeah. I don't know why that I want to go to the next expansion just yet, I, I think I need some time off um, for, like, picky flowers or something, because. We I had don't our want to face
2: flower picking expansion. We had our flower picking expansion that was World of Drenor. We had a garrison where <laughs> we could pick
1: flowers all we wanted. But I'm not ready yet, Toasty. I'm not ready yet to face that magic.
2: So, could one say that you are not prepared?
1: One could say that if he was <laughs> a demon hunter, perhaps. <laughs>
3: Uh... I like, I like the fact that Seraphine got his warrior's death. Yeah. He's wanted that from the, you know, the beginning of the, this expansion and, and he got it. And in, in challenge, and, and that kind of thing, like he, that sacrifice saved so many people in the armies of both sides. And he, he got his warrior's death. Like I, I, I may not be horrid, but I was still really sad that he died. Yeah. But if he was going to die, like, that warrior's death was the way to go.
2: Yeah, Some um, like, and you could tell going into it, at least, this is what I'm assuming, just watching everything, just, like, watching that cinematic, he wasn't, chal- he wasn't making that challenge expecting to win.
3: No, not at all. He knew he was doing
2: it was very much a gamble on his part, and it and it paid off. There's that look of victory when she finally denounced the Horde. Like, yes, I I got what I I got what I was setting out to do, and now I can, you know, give my final fu speech,
1: and go out fighting. And I do apologize to everybody. The intro for this show should have absolutely been in the same tone as he said it. Uh, I just didn't have it in me. Uh, to do that, that 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 title justice, yeah. Uh, I,
2: I I can't remember the last time. Like obviously, the other like the like we've seen all the other cinematics. I was very excited about them, and they were all very good. But like this has this got me really hyped up more so than I more so than uh, the other ones have for a while.
3: Yeah, I can see that.
2: Like the the, the um, there's it opens a lot of doors um to work, like as to what could possibly happen especially now that this um like according to that achievement the fourth war is done the, the war is
1: finished so now the question is who's gonna be the center of the fifth war?
3: Yeah. And, and because it's the end of the war per se, like it makes me feel like there's some potentially big changes happening in the next expansion.
2: Yeah, that's and kind of what I'm thinking.
3: <laughs> considering how old this game is, it, it might be necessary. You know, that's how you keep a game going for so many years is you have to keep making it fresh somehow, magically. And because this was supposedly the end of the fourth war, I think, I think this next expansion is going to be pretty interesting.
2: Now, just make sure we're thinking this along the same lines, we're thinking, like, faction stuff, right?
3: One of many things, yes. Yeah,
2: faction stuff was definitely, like, the first and foremost on my mind as to what will happen with that. Because I feel like a change like this... Um... Necessitates something like that, especially with the tone that they took with everything afterwards. I mean, with Mister Pandaria and that tentative peace that they kind of had after Garrosh fell. Yeah, I, I if they had chosen to do uh, like a relaxing of the faction lines, then I feel like that would that wouldn't have uh, felt genuine. If they were to do it now, at this point... Especially given the tone that on which everything ended... With Anduin standing in the middle of Orgrimmar... Praising a, a, a hero of the Horde... Yeah. Like, I feel like this is an appropriate time... For that faction thing to kind of be relaxed.
1: So, so he, before we get on to that... You know, the next expansion question... Did you guys do the follow-up stuff with Calia um, and Derek and Jana? Yeah. Yes. I've seen a lot of people suggesting, and I and I I definitely lean to this as a, maybe a possibility of that being a, eventually a uh, a light-powered undead faction or, or a, a race. I guess. Uh, what do you guys think of that idea?
2: Uh, the, the way Kali was raised um it tells me that, that I don't think it'll be available as, a, as a, a, a a widespread thing because like if I remember correctly like she was raised by uh, uh, was she raised by like, a, a Naru like thing am I remembering that right
1: I believe so yes
2: and that thing's not around anymore. Am I correct on that as well?
1: But Naru are still around, and there's—I'm sure they, they can find some way to explain doing that.
2: Fair. I—I I think there's something to um, there being a faction of Forsaken being available to the Alliance. I'm not sure if I'm willing to buy into the um, Light, the Light, uh, Light Forge Forsaken. Um okay. being available. Not not yet anyway. Uh, especially given what we have right now. I'm not like if if I'm not saying that they're not gonna introduce something that will make that a possibility. But I feel as though um especially with the way like I said, with the way things ended, like the Forsaken are also very much um at odds right now because there's there was that there was that small faction of Forsaken that were willing to defect to the alliance. During that, um, oh, I forget the name of the book, though. Like the pre Before the BFA book. Yeah.
1: Um, Absolutely. So, I, I definitely feel like there's going to be some amount of undead in the Alliance side. Um, I'm just not sure how they're going to do it. That's my big right. thing. Right.
2: I think, and, and I feel like however they do it, Kalia and Derek are going to play a huge role in that. Okay.
1: Absolutely. So. Let's think along the lines since since we have nothing else to talk about, and and I I do want to try and keep the, keep the conversation going. Let's let's do a little more thing along the lines of a third faction. Um, we know that the Night Elves aren't super happy with the rest of the lines at this point because they didn't really help them, even though they could go to Argumar and well, do stuff there.
2: A, a frac a fraction of the Night Elves, like some yeah, elves a fraction,
1: yeah. Um, so they're not very happy with their current faction to some degree and some some percentage. Um, the undead are definitely not going to feel very welcome in the horde um, and probably feel very uh, expected. Do you think maybe um, the Grim Totems could go to a, th- a third faction as well? As a disaffected branch of Torin, um, I, I would hesitate to think that that Blizzard
2: would be willing to go the third faction route, just because mechanically it introduces a whole bunch of stuff that um, would further complicate things in terms of like the player base right now. I, I think it's more likely that there are that they relax the restrictions for which races can uh, can play in which faction so like for example I I, I don't think if, if they were to relax the restrictions uh, on cross faction stuff I for example would not think that races like the humans would be playable for Horde or Orcs for the Alliance I think we're going to be looking at some of those other races that make a little more sense lore wise like Torin in the horde. Torin in the Alliance, I can very much see being a possibility.
1: Except for are um, totally not built for them. Like they would they would so run into all the doors.
2: Right.
3: They know how to duck. It's been a part of their life forever, it's funny. true.
2: So, so like so like for the Alliance, maybe. I can see that being a possibility. Uh goblins. I mean historically like prior to Cataclysm were a very much a neutral race like they were friendly to anybody who gave them the money so that True. I could see making sense um uh, Night Elves for the Horde especially with that um, especially with that uh, bond with the well not bond but like that relationship with the Blood Elves which seems to be getting better okay but 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 also like the whole Teldrissil thing like that that would yeah. kind of suck.
1: Yeah. You, like the, ca- the campfire problem is a problem.
2: Yeah. Um
1: campfire. But well, it's just called the campfire problem. Don't you go into details. Like
2: I I do believe that there are that they'll be able to find more more reasons for specific races from each faction to kind of cross that faction line.
3: Okay? we you the gally. I think it's possible. I, I, I've been kind of contemplating this and figuring out, trying to figure out how they can handle it and my thought so far has been really consistently the fact that you have an option of maybe being part of a neutral faction. Like maybe because I can see them still trying to find a way to keep Horde versus Alliance even if it's just purely for the sake of PvP. But yeah. maybe we have an option to say, if I want to defect and be part of a neutral faction, and maybe that opens me up to be able to be a, to talk to or quest with or do raids with both sides or something like that. I think it's a possibility. I, I, th- I think we may seem kind of neutral faction, and that's how they... Make things feel like more of a cross faction kind of thing without going fully one hundred percent absolutely no factions,
2: yeah, because the the, the need the need for factions is always going to be a, is always going to be a requirement, especially with the way PvP is. Like, well, we, we, we need can... to have the reason. We need to have a story reason to keep that stuff in there. And you know, in my head, it's just going to be like, oh, it just they couldn't calm down all the fighting. People will always, people will eternally hold grudges and will always want to fight.
3: Yeah, like of... even even now. I mean, you have people who are pro-Slavonist and you know, against Slavonist, and people had to choose sides. Like that's a great example of the fact that yes, even if we get to a point where there aren't too much focus, there isn't too much fact, focus on factions anymore, there are still going to be groups on either side that still hate the opposite faction. So that's yeah. always going to be there. Plus, in my mind, I'm also trying to figure out, like, the coding side of things and how all of that would work out for them.
2: Yeah. It's and, a significant that's, thing. that's
3: beyond my area of expertise, but I would imagine that that's, something that's definitely going to be a factor in all this. Yeah. So that's why I'm wondering if maybe just a neutral faction where you can put yourself into if you want to be able to be a part of both factions or do things with both factions. You know, cross faction like? Maybe. I don't know, but I think that might be in our future. And I think, like you were saying, that it was like this, this might be the time. Because I thought in the very beginning of this expansion that this is going to be a battle for. Azarov by the end of it and not just war versus alliance rah, 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 but you know for our planet for right. the soul in our planet
1: you know Yeah And that battle is still going on to be clear Yeah like, yes. that battle is not done no, um, no I battle. I definitely feel like having something that is very clearly a a major shift in what we're Used to in this game is coming. I yeah. just don't know what they have in mind, and i I kind of want to see it be something surprising. I want it to be something that we would not expect.
2: And I think this relaxing affection lines, however, however they choose to do it, will be that thing.
3: Possible. It's possible. Well,
1: I am excited to see what they do, uh, how they try and follow up this, uh, this this patch this, this uh, cinematic and the content that came with it so that we can get further progress and, and significant progress on this. I think this is the best time in the story for a shift like that. I, I, I don't think I can recall a time when when things were as close to as settled as they're going to get. Yeah. yeah. So
2: people people point to the end of myths for something similar, but like I like I said before, like it was it was a tenuous it was a very tenuous piece based based on we really don't like Garrosh he needs to pay for what he did.
1: Yeah, but even like at the end of that battle, the the leaders were eyeing each other and and there were some leaders calling for attack at the end right. of Siege of Argomar. So. Uh, definitely not. Uh, that was definitely not a time for for cooperation. Um, yeah. this was a full-on. You know, there there was cooperation even to carrying Sarfang's body into grammar. There was oh, cooperation, which oh my gosh,
3: it,
1: it was an oh. incredible moment, and and I yeah. very much appreciated seeing uh, Anduin being a part of that ceremony about about caring what happened to this person who, yeah, he admitted, he's, he's a, he said on this path, and and this was where it was leading the entire time. Um, you know, seeing and being part of that was just incredible, and I absolutely want to see more uh, along that lines um, moving forward, uh, if the Blizzard lets us. Um, I want to see less war between the Alliance and Horde and um, and more focus on bigger threats um, I, I think we're ready for that but my big question and, and for you guys is this who's the new war chief? oh I, I've been trying
2: that's been something that I've been legitimately thinking about for a little bit and I cannot think of a good candidate right now like an obvious one I'm like, leaning uh,
3: towards Bane yeah, because I feel because in ter- especially since we are seemingly entering entering into this phase where once again the two factions are going to be working together, I think because of the relationship that Bane and Ando would have, I think that Bane might be a good choice.
2: Yeah, I mean, for me, it's been between Bane, and it seems like Thrall is getting ready to step back into the spotlight. Just based on what's happened uh, since he's been reintroduced. He is. He was right up front there with Think with like, So I think for me, it's between Bane or, or uh, Thrall.
3: See, and that was one of my thoughts too, except Thrall just straight up said in that opening cinematic when they first brought him back, was that he didn't want to be a leader. And then yeah, know, but- he was all like, well, I didn't ask you to be. And so I just I don't know if he wants to be.
2: Well, what Saurfang says we can't like we don't get to hide anymore.
3: Yeah, that's true.
1: I'm gonna suggest somebody that I haven't heard anybody suggest. Zappy boy? No.
3: His name is Zakon. Get it right. <laughs> Etrik. Huh. I mean. He has ties I, I mean, to the alliance. Now,
1: his major tie to the Alliance is dead, but he still has ties to the Alliance. He has respect for the Alliance. Um, He was a great advisor both to Thrall and to Vol'jin. I don't know that... I don't know if Savannah's really listened to him at all, but... um, He tried to advise. He tried to be a reasonable voice. Um, And... I I think it might be time for the... uh, Afford to have another orc war chief. Uh, I don't know that I feel that that thrall um, uh, wants to be that. I, I think he will fade back into obscurity, uh, only showing up for important moments. Um, and, you know what? When... Mm-hmm. And kill stealing? And kill stealing? Well, I mean, okay. <laughs> I, I mean,. You can't get Chris Metzen in the office every time you gotta do something. Like, you, you gotta, like, bring him up the important stuff. Because um, I I mean, I'm, sure I'm sure he wants to spend it with his family and stuff, so.
2: That is why he retired.
1: Priorities. He did retire for a good reason, yes. So, yeah, that that's my suggestion. Uh, and again, one I have heard from nobody. Um, so, I don't know if I'm, like, just smoking crack on this one. Uh, but I just—I feel like that'd be a very interesting choice for a war chief for the
2: horde. I, I haven't considered that. That's another good choice.
3: Though, I think it's I, tricky because he's not like a really—I mean—he's been around in the lore for quite a while now. Like he's fairly well known, but I don't know if he's war chief level of being known.
1: But I mean, you know Voljin before he became war chief wasn't a super well-known big character in the stories.
3: But at least he was—you know—the leader of the trolls.
1: And,
2: and and to be fair, like, Vol'jin very much took a step up during that whole
1: rebellion thing. Okay, but who who was leading the orcs after Thrall left? And after Garrosh was beaten? Like, who was the orc representative in the Horde? Starfin? Starfin? Yeah. Okay. I don't play Horde, so I, I, I wasn't
2: aware I, of yeah. the... Yeah. I'm guessing, to be perfectly honest, I don't actually know. <laughs> okay, I just—I kind of just assume Saurfang, though. I think—I think one thing is clear. After all of this, though, after all the cinematics we've seen, the trolls definitely have a new leader in Zappy Boy.
3: His name is Zakan. He has a name. <laughs> yeah, Zappy Boy. Zakan.
2: Okay, Zakon. I think is gonna be leading the Dark Spear.
3: Yeah, he he's definitely I feel like they've put enough into him this expansion that we are gonna be seeing more of him in a leadership role.
2: He went from he went from a meme to Living the Dream.
3: You know what's really fun? I don't know if you guys have tried this yet or heard about this. I am one of those people that I love to like click on NPCs a whole bunch of times just to hear their different lines. Oh
2: if you, um, yeah!
3: If you click on Zap uh, on Zakon, you almost I'm said it. it. You almost I said almost, it. I almost, I almost. It's your guys' fault, but I didn't. Anyways, if you click on click on Zakon a whole bunch of times, he knows he's a meme. Uh, he's very he, self aware
2: of it. Yeah, he. You know, he's a meme-y. That's what he called it himself.
3: <laughs> it's it's a lot of fun. I love it. Good.
1: Blizzard's writers are pretty clever sometimes.
3: They really are. And I have to say like all props to Blizzard and the story team and the semantics team because the fact that even a hoarder alliance it doesn't matter. The fact that there are multiple times this expansion and right before the expansion starting with the burning of the tree that they're able to evoke so much emotion from us with their work really speaks to this game and to what they're doing. And so, definitely props to Blizzard for sure.
1: Yeah, yeah. The the content that was released in cinematic form this expa- this this patch uh, gave me chills so many times it's not even funny. I've watched yes. those two probably a half dozen times each.
2: Did you guys watch the uh, compilation that they put out today? I did, I no, did watch I had that had when I got chance. home. Oh, it was, it was just 23 minutes of cinematic greatness.
1: It, it was pretty glorious. I appreciated that.
3: I saw that existed and I retweeted it, but I haven't watched it myself yet.
1: Well, now you know what you gotta watch before the next episode.
3: Oh, do If I have to.
1: Yep. I mean, to be fair, we've watched all of this already.
3: Yeah, sure. It's just it's
2: just—it just, it's just in one convenient location now.
1: <laughs> and I, I feel like it has more power, though. I, I, I will say that I was kind of sad they didn't have the first one from this patch, uh, where him and Anduin are meeting. I, I kind of wish they'd had included that in it. Um, but they had some really good stuff in there. Yeah. All right, well, I think we've talked out... War campaign for 8.2.5. So um, if there's nothing else, let's uh, let's talk about our next sponsor.
2: All right. So our second sponsor, as usual, are the great folks over at Audible. You can get a free audiobook download at bit.ly slash ATA Books 2019. That's bit.ly slash ATA Books 2019. Now over 200,000 titles to choose from for your iPod or MP3 player. This week, we're going to take a look at the third book in the Magician's Series, The Magician's Land. Let's have a listen.
0: She felt him watching her and looked up, raising her eyebrows in mild surprise, as if to say, You're kidding. You're in on this thing, too? He shook his head once, very slightly, and looked away, keeping his face carefully blank. Not to say, No, I'm not in on this. I just come here for the novelty coffee mugs and their trenchant commentary on the little ironies of everyday life. What he meant was, Let's pretend we don't know each other. It was looking like he had some time to kill, so he joined the browsers, scanning the spines for something to read. The fillery books were there, of course, shelved in the young adult section, repackaged and rebranded with slick new covers that made them look like supernatural romance novels. But Quentin couldn't face them right now. Not tonight, not here. He took down a copy of The Spy Who Came In From the Cold instead, and spent ten contented minutes at a checkpoint in gray 1950s Berlin. Attention, book bumblers, patrons, the cashier said over the PA, though the store was small enough that Quentin could hear his unamplified voice perfectly clearly. Attention, book bumblers will be closing in five minutes. Please make your final selections.
2: So once again, that was the third book in the Magician series, The Magician's Land, written by Lev Grossman and narrated by Mark Bramhall. You can find that in over two hundred thousand titles over at bit.ly/atabooks2019, and we thank Audible for their support of the show. Awesome. So our question of the week for last week was: If you were to add your own daily quest to Brewfest, what would it be? WikiBH says log in and get 200 tokens so you can just buy the Hearthstone toy without any hassle. Actually, just log in and get the Hearthstone toy. Uh, I don't think that qualifies as a daily.
3: (laughs) Nick's been a little busy. (laughs)
2: Like, a little bit. (laughs)
3: Something about having a kid or something.
2: Yeah, there's a lot of that going around. There's a lot of that going around lately. (laughs) Yeah.
3: Zandara says, just feeding apples to the rams without having to ride them. Maybe a petting zoo for rams, pink alecks, and multiple to update those quests and let them be at peace. That'd be really fun. Zephariah says, actually it would be a short quest chain that has a theme around Alice Wonderland. Goblins dress up like the lion, Tin Man, and Alice and stole a beer recipe. You're sent to find it. That'd be fun. I'd do that.
1: And Prasley says it would have to be a designated driver. You must pick up a random NPC from anywhere in Warcraft who has gotten themselves stranded somewhere in either Durotar or <laughs> Dunmoreau, and you'll learn a bit about their history as you go with it. Challenges: you must get them to the capital city before they've all over your all over your goblin or slash gnome car. You get a little car based on your faction.
2: Interesting. Kind of love that. I kind of love that.
1: <laughs> That's great. And next, question is, what were your thoughts on the war campaign finale? I think we've already given our thoughts. Um, a little bit. Just a bit. Just a little bit. Not a lot. Just a little bit. Yeah. All right. Time for shout outs. Toasty, do you have a shout out this week already?
2: Yeah, I want to shout out to the fabulous folks over at Justin's who made those fantastic Stanley Cup champion rings for the Blues. Oh my (laughs) god, I just saw them and I love it so much. Oh, it's so beautiful. Yeah, that's all I have to say about
1: that. Okay, first off, Justin's is the ones who make, like, take school pictures and stuff, right? Yep. Okay, uh, second off, is there a possibility you would have not liked to stand the Stanley Cup ring for the St. Louis Blues? No. That's what I figured.
2: Yeah, as Dazzledorn, also, as, as Dazzledorn points out, they also make class rings.
3: Fair yeah, I feel like they may have made my, mine.
2: Yeah, my high school ring is made by Jostens.
3: <laughs> okay. Allie? Oddly enough, but also not oddly, my show is to you guys. You two. Like, as we're kind of talking pre-show, works works pretty rough right now. And uh, kind of soul crushing. And I was informed today that I have three more weeks of what's been happening, and it's going to keep happening. <laughs> but to be able to just leave it behind and come here and geek out with you two about the show on Mondays really helps me get through my Mondays so my shout out is to you guys
2: aww I'm making the little heart thing with my hands
3: Oh, I hurt you too
1: <laughs> appreciate that uh, my shout out is going to go to the cinematics and story team at Blizzard um you guys knocked it out of the park uh, on this one as you always do um incredible work um uh, Huge tip of the hat for you guys for um, writing writing a cinematic and a storyline that could make a alliance player like me um, cheer along with an orc. And um, yeah, congratulations on a very a job very 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 well done. Um, I don't know if any of you guys will ever hear this, but that's my shout to you guys. So. Alright, time for our outro.
3: If you'd like to reach us by voicemail, call one seven eight five ata ATA-WOW-5 or one 282-9695. You can send emails to show at allthingsazroth.com. If you like what we do here, check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash allthingsaz. Join our Battle.net group at bit.ly slash bnetata and our Discord at bit.ly slash ATA Discord, which is where we record every Monday night at 8pm Central. You can find us on Twitter at A Z, at Medros, at Fandef at ToastyPostyCan, at Alianders K, and at Dawnforge. And please check out the other shows from Dawnforge Productions, including Group Quest, Shattered Soulstone, More Than Megapixels, and Across the Universe.
1: And we'll be back next week. In the meantime, take care happy hunting and we'll see you on the other side of I don't know pouring went out for RxR Frank yes this podcast brought to you by Dawn Forge Productions copyright 2019 Get more at thedawnforge.com.